Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We're in week two of indecision, and I need to make a decision to start preaching. It's our decision-making series. We're looking at how to make good and wise decisions. You and I have the power to make decisions that change our destiny. You and I have the power to make decisions that not only change our destiny, they change the destiny of our children and future generations. Joshua, who was one of the great leaders in the Bible, Moses was up there. Moses was probably the greatest leader in the Bible, but Joshua is up there. He, he knew this, and just before he died, he said this to the Israelites. Joshua 24, 15 says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I, he's, I am making a decision today, he says, that is going to affect my life and the lives of my family, and we get to do that too. When God created the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was right in the middle of the garden. And every day, Adam and Eve had to walk past the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree that God said to them, you cannot eat the fruit of that tree. And every day they had to choose whether they would eat it or not eat it. Of course, they didn't choose correctly and we are all living with the consequences of their choice, but they could have chosen correctly. God gave them the ability to choose life, to choose correctly, and he has given that ability to you and to me. He has given us decision-making ability. I've already talked about Moses today. Moses, he was Joshua's predecessor, And he said something that stands right up next to what Joshua said in Deuteronomy 30. He says, today, Moses said this, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. Every single day we have that choice. And God is saying, oh, that you would choose life, that you would choose life so that you and the people coming after you might live. Our life is in God's hands, but you know what? It's also in our hands. Our life is in the decisions we make. Life is a succession of decisions. Where we are today is a result of the decisions we made yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before, but where we will be tomorrow will be a result of the decisions we make today, which is why we have to make good decisions. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. You might be here this morning and you've never made that decision. A decision that will not only change your eternal destiny, but it will change your life 
your everyday living life here on earth. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Who are you going to serve? If you've never done that, there's going to be an opportunity for you to do that later today. And I encourage you. I encourage you to do it. So today I want to start where Paul left off last week. He preached a great message last week. And he, he, he finished off last week by encouraging us to do what is in our heart and to be confident in what God has put in our heart and to be confident that if it's wrong, as we start moving, God will show us. Yeah? He did. So he used the story from the life of David and the prophet Nathan. So... There is another example in the Bible of this same principle. You know, when when you have things repeated in the Bible, it's a theme. And and we need to take note of themes in the Word of God. Not just one-off little tiny bits where we can go off course, but themes. And this is a theme in the Bible. This story that I'm going to talk about is in 1 Samuel, and it's the story of Saul and the prophet Samuel. When we think of Saul, King Saul, we usually think, what do you think of when you think of King Saul? I think of all the things he did wrong. Does anyone else think of that? Yeah, most people think of the, of the things that he did wrong. He was plagued with insecurity He disobeyed God, and uh, he had a great fear of man. But do you know that Saul had a lot going for him? And he started off really well. It's good to remember that it's really, it's good to start off well, but it's actually, in the end, it's not about how well we start. It's about how well, well we finish. We all remember how Saul finished, but I bet most of us don't remember how Saul started. We will be remembered for how we finish, not so much how we start. And this is a long distance race that we're in. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And so we need to pace ourselves and make good decisions. Why? So that we will finish well. I want us all to finish well. And that's about making good decisions. So when Saul was chosen by God to be king, Samuel anointed him and he said these words to Samuel, to Saul. 1 Samuel 10 says this, At that time the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Saul was commissioned to do whatever his hands found to do. Samuel said to Saul, God is with you, so go for it. Now this is an amazing verse. Samuel said to Saul, as long as what you are doing is within the parameters of the will of God, it will work for you. Who likes the sound of that? It's a good thing. We can apply this to our own personal world. Too many Christians are paralyzed 
by indecision. And they live their life waiting, 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 waiting for a green light. But, you know, we can be proactive, not reactive. We can begin to move until God says, uh, I just need to redirect you a little. Turn. Stop. You can't change the direction of a stationary boat. It's pretty hard. Once it starts to move, you get the little rudder and you start to change it. Knock on the doors. They may shut, but they may, they may open. They may open. We've got to trust that God is way more in control. And he's big enough to tell you, uh, excuse me, stop. I think that's a foundational principle to life. We have to start moving for something to change. We have to be confident that God is going to speak if we're going the wrong way. But okay, so here we go. So now let's go a little deeper. Here's some keys to making wise decisions. The first one is this. God will never tell you to do something that goes against what he says in his word. Now that may sound basic, but it's true. The word of God is the roadmap. It is the instruction manual. It is the how-to for living. And God is not ever going to tell you something like this, that this time it's okay to not forgive them. This time it's okay to hold that grudge. This time it's okay to stay offended. No, he's never going to say that. God is not going to tell you that it's okay to sleep with someone you're not married with. He's not. God is not going to tell you that it's okay to lie and cheat and act without integrity. He's not going to tell you to treat, that it's okay to treat people badly. He's not going to tell you that it's okay to just be stingy with what you have. He's not. It doesn't matter who you are. If you think God is telling you to do something that's contrary to what he clearly says in his word, you're wrong. Are you allowed to say that out loud these days? Are you allowed? See, the Bible is not out of fashion. It's not old-fashioned. It's actually the truth. And it's what we stand on. But there is an issue. Not everything that we have to make a decision about is clearly spelled out in the Bible. Has anyone found that? I have found that. The Bible doesn't say you shall be a teacher or you shall live in Canberra or you shall marry Paul or you shall buy that great piece of something. The majority of the decisions we make require us to use wisdom. And Paul talked about that last week following the principles of the Word of God, asking advice from the right people. But here's the second thing. God gives us something more. And this is in 1 Corinthians 2. It says this, For who among man, men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. So that we may know the things freely given to us by God. 
So not only do we use wisdom, the Word of God, get advice from the right people, this verse tells us that we have the Spirit of God. You have the Spirit of God. So that we may know. God wants to tell you. He doesn't want you in in the dark. He doesn't want you in confusion. He doesn't want you in turmoil. He wants to help us make the right decisions. He wants to reveal to us what he has for us and he promises that in his word. See, we have, I believe we have a responsibility as followers of Christ to be leaning into and tuning in our spiritual ears so that we can hear what he's saying to us. Because what we feed grows and what we starve dies. And sometimes we spend so much time feeding all the other parts of us. There's so much content. There's so much coming in. There's like, it's like, whoa! Anyone else find that? It's overwhelming at times. And if we just, just take, like, regroup. Start again. I go for a walk. And I worship, and I sing, and I talk to God, and I do the most crazy thing. I say nothing, and I listen. And as I do, like, and because I, I have to tune into His voice. I have to build up that spiritual muscle on the inside of me so that it grows, so that I know what his voice sounds like. I know, because I'm starving the other stuff. That's why we fast. We fasted this week. That's why we fast, so I can tune into your voice, God. Holy Spirit, I need your voice. Presence of God, come. Because there's nothing more beautiful than being in the presence of God in my opinion. And so I walk and I talk and I fellowship and I hear his voice just like I hear my husband's voice. I know my kids' voices. I know my grandkids' voices. It's, we've got to feed that. But sometimes it's still tough. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've made the wrong decision. Is there anyone in church today who's ever made the wrong decision? I have. We make the wrong choice. We think it's God, but it's not. Or we just choose what we know we shouldn't choose, but we choose it anyway. Are there any naughty people in church today? I remember early on as a pastor putting the wrong person in a role, and seriously, it had far-reaching negative consequences. I made the wrong decision. Paul and I work on this principle. Works for us. We work on the two green light principle. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, what we're gonna have for breakfast. Darling, do you think we should have pancakes or, no, we don't know. If it's a major decision, we work on the two green light principle. We both have to have a green light before we move. I remember we went up to, this is a long, long time ago. We were looking at buying a property in Queensland and we traveled all the way up there. We were just about to, 
that was that morning we were going to sign or whatever, do whatever you do when you buy a property. And I was praying and Paul was somewhere else praying and we both walked in and looked at each other and went, it's a red, it's a red. We could have saved ourselves a lot of money. Driving to, uh, flying to Queensland if we'd heard that red before we got in the plane. But anyway, we still got to visit a beach. So there's a silver lining right there. Sometimes one of us had a green and one of us has had a red. So what do we do? We go back and pray. And then we come back. (laughs) Has it changed? (laughs) If it's still the same, we don't move. If, If we still cannot agree, we don't move. A lot of the time, we don't even care. Someone says, I think we should do that. Great, let's do that. You and I are going to make wrong decisions at times in our life. Sometimes the decisions are inconsequential, like choosing the wrong meal when you're out for dinner with your husband, and then you have meal envy. Does anyone get meal envy? Paul gets meal envy every time we go out. Just ask him about his meal envy, because he always sees my meal and goes, wow, that looks better than mine. And you can't have it. See, those things aren't important, but sometimes the wrong decisions aren't inconsequential. They have consequences, and the consequences are long, and they're lasting. You know, I've had just sad, sadness when people, people have come to me and said, I married the wrong person. They told me, so many people told me not to marry them. They told me, but I just ignored them. And here I am, long and lasting consequences. That's so sad. Abraham. Abraham and Sarah had a promise from God that they were going to have a son. And it took too long. Sometimes you have a promise and you think it's taking too long, God. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to make a decision now because I want it now. You can't handle it now. That's why you don't have it now. And if you wait until the right time, when it comes, it will be a blessing to you and the rest of the world. But if you can't wait on God's timing, because seriously, sometimes his timing is really annoying. I don't know if you found that, but I have found that. It's like, really? Does it have to take that long? This is what happened with Sarah and Abraham. Genesis 16. So Sarah said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to her voice. The consequences of that decision are long and lasting. And we're still living with the consequences of that today. The descendants of Isaac, the son of promise, and the descendants of Ishmael, the son uh, born out of the union between Abraham and Hagar, are still at war. There is still war, war, war. The Bible says that Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. Adam listened to the voice of Eve. Sansom listened to the voice of Delilah. The girls are getting a bad rap right here. (laughs) But it's not all girls. It's not all the girls' fault. King David 
listened to his natural man when he saw a beautiful woman bathing on a rooftop called Bathsheba and he said, come to me. And he slept with Bathsheba. In our decision making, it is so important what voice we are listening to. And that's why I talked about we have to. (laughs) I don't like saying we have to. But seriously, we have to learn how to hear the voice of God. What voice are you listening to? What voice are you feeding? What voice are you leaning into? James, one of the books of wisdom in the Bible, tells us that when we listen to our natural man, we can be carried away. And when we get carried away, the NLT version says dragged away, we make the wrong decision and that brings forth death in our lives. James 1 says it like this, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. None of us want to end up giving birth to death and destruction in our lives, but we all have the ability, if we're honest, to be carried away. Yeah? Why are we carried away? Why do we get carried away? Because it feels good. Let's be real. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels good to feed that addiction. It feels good to have that second, third, fourth glass. It feels good to let it... Paul and I went to Ikea yesterday. (laughs) That was just a bit of a lightening up moment. And I may have yelled at one point yesterday... It may have been 10 o'clock last night after my my fingers were bleeding from putting together wardrobes. And he may have said to me, well, you should have done what I told you. And I may have said something back to him. (laughs) And then I had to apologise. But it felt good. Because I was annoyed. Is anyone else going to be real? (laughs) Does anyone else ever do things like that? Yeah. It feels really good to buy that thing until you realise you can't afford it. Because there's regret. There are consequences. And no one likes living with that. We want to make God-honouring decisions in our life so that we finish well because it affects the people coming after us. I want to tell you this morning, if you're here today and you feel like you've made a bad decision or bad decisions, I want you to know that you are not beyond God's reach. You are not beyond his love. You are not beyond redemption. You are not. He is there. He's saying, come here. Come on, come here. Come here. Don't go over there. Come here. Because the Bible says he's for us and not against us. Every single time he is for you and not against you. And he is the great redeemer of every mess. Every mess. None of it is bigger than him. You know, we have to live with consequences, but God can 
bring life to anything. What do we got? Okay. A few minutes. I want to look at just a couple of situations we find ourselves in when it's really important to be careful before we make a decision. Self-awareness is really important in life. Have you found that? We need it to live successful lives. It's surprising how many people make bad decisions because they have no clue that their decision is not based on wisdom or God's word or God's leading, but it's based on their insecurities, their brokenness, or simply their emotions, which can change so quickly. But the consequences stay around for a really long time sometimes. Proverbs 14.8 says, The prudent understand where they're going, but fools deceive themselves. Let's not be fools. Let's not deceive ourselves. There's a story in the Bible about a guy called Esau. I always want to call him Eeyore. (laughs) Every time I go to say his name, I have to stop in my head. It's Esau. And he lost his birthright over a bowl of meat. He made a decision based on a physical hunger, which had huge consequences. We can make decisions based on just silly little things which have huge consequences. Okay, don't make an important decision when you're tired. Just doing a couple of just really quick things here. Do you know, when I am tired, I am more likely to shrink back. I'm more likely to withdraw. I'm more likely to give up. I'm more likely to just make the wrong decision. So I will not make a decision unless I have to, and then I'll do it with a lot of support from people around me. Do not make an important decision when you're angry. How much damage has been caused to relationships over people making a decision when they're angry? When things are at heating point, cool off, wait, regroup, come back. Forget about Ikea. It's going to be okay. Don't make a decision when you're offended. When we are offended, we do not see clearly. You don't. You think you do, but you don't. Luke 11, 24, Matthew 6, 22. That's the right one. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. That scripture is saying that you will always find what you're looking for. It's amazing. When you are offended, the offense will blind you to seeing anything else. And I have seen too many talented, gifted, anointed, amazing people walk away from God and walk away from church and walk away from what God's called them to simply because they got offended. They've just walked away because they've never gotten over the offense. Do not make a decision when you're offended. I could get passionate about that. The last one is this. Don't make a decision. Don't let your emotions... If you have... If your emotions have already got involved in a decision you want to make, then you could be in trouble. I don't even know if that makes sense to you and I don't have enough time to unpack it properly. 
But I have seen people suffer years of heartache because they are convinced that God has told them something when really it's just something that they want and God wasn't even involved. Can I say that out loud? Yeah. And so they won't let something go because they've given their heart to it. And, they, they, and then they make it even worse because they attribute God to it. And then they can't let it go because it's God. God told me, God told me, God never told you. You let your heart go and then you're in trouble. And, and then do you know what happens? They get angry at God get offended, then they walk away. Or they think, oh, I can't hear from God anymore. You can hear from God. You just need to go back to a number of the other points I talked about. Okay, come up, band. I've run out of time. The beginning of this message I started by saying... Joshua said, one of the great leaders in the Bible said this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to follow Jesus. Moses said, God puts before us life and death. And every day he says, choose life. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.